the lake of fire, Gehenna, eternal separation, also known as hell, is one of the most pervasive concepts in Christianity. What is hell? And just as importantly, what is hell not? We'll talk about it on this week's episode of Revelation Unveiled on Faith by Reason. Welcome to Faith by Reason. The website behind it all is faithbyreason.net. There you will find hundreds of hours of study material, blogs, podcasts, and videos. And we are continuing our study of the book of Revelation. We are wrapping things up. We are on the concept of hell. In the uh, last episode, we looked at the great white throne judgment where everyone who was not written in the Lamb's book of life, that means everyone who did not choose Jehovah's way of salvation through Jesus Christ, who decided to be righteous on their own and live their life separated from God, will now justly get the rewards of choosing to be separated from God, which means being separated from God for eternity. And again, that is the uh, Judeo-Biblical concept of hell. And hell is something that everyone knows about, whether you are religious or not, whether you're an atheist, agnostic, Christian, Muslim, Jew, Hindu, whatever. Everyone knows about the concept of hell. There are different ideas about what hell is, but hell is pervasive. And this is honestly one of the reasons that I believe that there's no such thing really as an atheist or an agnostic. Everyone knows that there is a God, there is a creator. Why? Because everyone understands and accepts to some degree the concept of hell. Why? Because we know that there is justice. You will have to pay for your wrongdoings. Justice has to be equaled out. Everyone believes in justice, no matter what your other beliefs might be. And if you believe in justice, then you believe in righteousness. And that means you believe in God. God is always and completely right and just. So if you believe in justice, if you believe that people will have that there are consequences for actions, then you believe in God, period. But the problem is because um, the idea of hell is so pervasive, it's become a part of every culture, every uh, religion, every non-religion, every person believes in some type of, 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 of equaling out of things, then it, it suffers from mythology being mixed in with fact. And that leads us to believing things about hell that are, are not true or not biblical even Christians. And of course, that's the audience I'm speaking to right now is Christian. So a lot of these misconceptions about hell have crept into Christianity. And uh, a lot of these misconceptions have been fostered by Christianity. So what I want to do in this episode is just go over some things that hell is not and followed by the things that hell is so that we have a better understanding of it. Again, hopefully as a Christian, you will not be in hell. Well, if you are a Christian, you will not be. And hopefully if you are a listener, you are a Christian and you won't be there. But it's still good to understand it because, again, it's, it's an important biblical concept. So let's just dive in and look at um, a few things that hell is not. Okay, the first thing that hell is not, hell is not the domain and the dominion of Satan and his demons. Now, I think uh, listeners of this uh, show, this podcast, these videos, you, you are uh, sophisticated enough to know this already. But again, I need to address it because it is one of the most pervasive pop culture, secular, and again, in some areas, Christian way of looking at hell. That if, if you end up in hell, you stand before the throne of Satan. Satan has his big throne on you know, his fiery mountain. And he, when you welcome, when you when you go to hell, you're welcomed there by him with his maniacal laughter, <laughs> whatever. And you know, then there are a bunch of little demons screaming around, uh, uh, poking you with pitchforks and torturing you and all that. Okay, again, 
you're, you're uh, sophisticated enough to know that that is not what hell is like. Satan is, does not rule hell. There's that odd concept that you know Satan is the ruler of hell while God is the ruler of heaven and there is some kind of equal war. And we, again, we know that's not true at all. Where does this come from? Well, it, it comes mostly from paganism and all the uh, you know false religions, false gods that have been around since ancient times because all of these religions have a, a, a god of the underworld. You know, you name it... Um, you know, you, it starts with, what well, does it start with? But you have um, characters like um, uh, Vulcan in, in Greek mythology. You have, you know, uh, 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 Doth and Set in Egyptian mythology. You have, uh, you know, Pluto in, um, in Roman mythology. You know, you have characters like Shiva in Hinduism. You have Suter in North, Norse mythology. So all of them have their so-called god that rules the underworld. And that's fine, but the problem is that when uh, Catholicism became a thing, when the when you know Constantine allowed all of the you know, uh, the religions of the biggest various pagan religions of Rome to be legalized, and then um, you know they became part of they were forced to, to uh, change into Christianity, or forced to convert to Christianity under Theodosius. Then all those uh, all those pagan rituals and pagan thoughts kind of became entwined into Catholicism. Catholicism is a unfortunate blend of paganism with Christianity, and a lot of those pagan concepts crept into Christianity. And you know the, the gods of the underworld, you know Vulcan and Pluto and, and Set and whomever else, they just slapped the name of Satan onto them, and, and they gave Satan the same characteristics of these gods of the underworld. Who, who rule that area, but that's not what hell is. Satan does not rule hell. Satan will be in hell and his demons and the fallen angels, fallen Elohim will all be in hell. They're sentenced to hell. Hell is their prison. It is their eternal punishment. It is not their domain. They don't want to be there. They don't rule there. And people who go there will not be ruled by Satan. They'll be there with him suffering as, as he is suffering. And so it is, it is a place of eternal punishment for evil. Which brings us to the next thing that hell is not, and this is really important. Hell is not meant for man. The, what we call hell, the lake of fire, Gehenna, was not intended for man. God did not intend man to go to hell ever. God's intention, God's desire, and we've talked about this from the beginning on Faith by Reason, the purpose of life, the meaning of life is to be like God so you can dwell with God forever. God made humanity to dwell with him. That is what he wants. That's what he's going to get at the end when we'll, we'll talk about you know, heaven and the new Jerusalem in a couple of episodes. But God's intention was again for man to choose was for man to to be um, with him, and of course uh, man has to choose that. But if man chooses not to be within the presence of God, then well, there's only one other option. They have to be separated from God, which is what hell is. So hell was simply meant for spiritual evil. They were meant to be there. God gave us the provision, knowing that we were imperfect and that we would never be perfect. He gave us a provision called salvation, where our sins could be forgiven. And so that would that was basically our ticket, as it were, out of hell, out of separation from him, from him. Our ability to be with him came through the remission of our sins. And, you know, I don't need to go on on that. You know what that's all about. We've covered that before with Jesus and salvation and um, and, and the church. Uh, but since since man was meant to be with God, you know, spiritual evil would have to be punished. Why? Because spiritual evil, they can't repent. Fallen angels, fallen Elohim, demons, Satan, they cannot repent for a, a few reasons. One of them is just because when they sin, they do it knowingly. 
they have much more a much much broader perspective than we do as human beings. It can be argued that when we sin, we're making a mistake. We don't know the full implications of it. And so God in his mercy allows us the provision of salvation. The spiritual beings, spiritual evil, they know full well. They know all the implications of their sin. So when they sin, they're doing it knowingly. So there's no repentance for that. There's there's no wiggle room for them. And again, I'm going to talk about that more when we do our next series after Revelation. We're going to go to Genesis and we'll talk about that some more. But the simplest way to, to put it is Jesus did not become an angel and die for them. So there, there's no salvation for them. So that's so hell is where they would have to go. And if you choose not to be with God, then you will end up there, which brings us to the third thing. Hell is not hell is not a place that God sends you. God does not send you to hell. You, uh, we've talked about that a little bit. Well, actually quite a bit in the last episode, but I need to reiterate it in this episode because it is something that is, is commonly said and implied that God sends people to hell. You know, good God sends good people to heaven. He sends bad people to hell. Nope. God does not send anyone anywhere. It, again, it is not God's desire that any man suffer. There are Bible verses that say exactly this, that it is not his intent to for man to go to hell. That's why he sent his son so that whosoever anyone whosoever believes would, would not perish, would not go to hell, but have eternal life. God does not send you to hell. He invites you to heaven. But an invitation is a choice and you are there by choice. And one of the reasons that I need to emphasize this so much is because of one of the main doctrines of, of Christianity, uh, again, a man-made doctrine of Christianity that is so pervasive in, in the church. And that is a doctrine of Calvinism. And Calvinism has um, five points, five main precepts that make it up. And one of the um, uh, precepts of Calvinism, the most destructive, and there, there are many of them that are, are actually, they're all destructive, but the most destructive um, uh, concept in, in, in Calvinism is the idea of predestination, which is that God chooses who's going to go to heaven and who's going to go to hell before they're even born. Basically, God has already decided, hey, this, this unborn baby's going to heaven, this one's going to hell. And there's nothing you can do about it because God is sovereign. God knows everything and God knows who's going to heaven and who's going to hell. And he's he already he he decides that um, beforehand. He predestinates you that not only is that destructive, it makes God a tyrant. It actually makes God not exist. If you believe in predestination, you don't believe in God. Why? Because predestination is unjust. It is unjust to sentence someone to destruction before that person has had a chance to do anything. No one would ever sentence a, sentence a baby to a life prison term as soon as it comes out of its mother's womb. Why? Because it hasn't done anything. That's unjust. That denies free will. It denies justice. It denies righteousness. It denies God. So the idea that God decides who goes to hell is basically is blasphemous. But unfortunately, most of our mainline Protestant churches are steeped in Calvinism or, or at the very least, they are greatly affected by the doctrines of Calvinism. And predestination is one of those. And it's completely untrue. God does not send you to hell. Everyone who is in hell is there for one reason and one reason only, not their sin, not because they're a good person or a bad person. The only reason you are in hell is if you reject God's invitation to heaven. Again, we talked about that a lot in the last episode. I'm not going to harp on it anymore. But that's that's how it is. God does not send you there. All right. Um, the number four, the fourth thing to hell is not hell is not occupied. At least not currently. There is no one currently in hell. 
Why? Because the great white throne judgment hasn't happened because Armageddon hasn't happened. I mean, the first um, entities, the first people, entities who are going to be in hell is the, the Antichrist, the beast and the false prophet. And they go to they, they're sent to the lake of fire at the end of the Armageddon scenario. And that hasn't happened yet. That's always at least seven years away. You know, if the tribulation starts tomorrow, then seven years. So it's always perpetually at least seven years in the future. And it hasn't happened yet. And so they go there before the millennium. Then there's a thousand years that pass. You can also argue that the other fallen angels are sent there as well um, after Armageddon. And but then there's a thousand years and then Satan is sent to the lake of fire. And then there's a great white throne judgment, which we talked about last time. So that's in, in the distant future. So currently there's no one in the lake of fire. It's unoccupied. So all these ideas, again, as you see in pop culture of people going to hell immediately and being tormented and so forth and burning, in, in, they're not there question is where are they well that brings us to number five of what hell is not hell is not hades or sheol that hell hades or sheol hades is greek sheol is the uh, hebrew the same thing means the grave that's where um the evil dead not the movie <laughs> but the um people who died who have died outside of christ that's where they go now currently if you if you're a christian and you and you uh, die now then you go you go to heaven there used to be you know we talked about this in the last episode when you uh, before Jesus's death and resurrection, uh, the righteous dead people like, you know, um, Solomon and um, Abel and uh, Joseph, uh, King David, all, all those, all the you know, Jose, all the good people, uh, uh, believers, Abraham of the Old Testament, they went to a place called Abraham's bosom. It was a compartment of the grave of Hades of Sheol, but it was called paradise. And then when they were basically awaiting Jesus. Jesus is um, his advent. And once Jesus came and died for um, for everyone's sins, then they were um, taken to to heaven, to the presence of God. The other compartment of Hades or the grave or Sheol was a place of torment. And we see that in, in Jesus's parable of the rich man and Lazarus. Again, I think we, we talked about that last time. And but that's where the right now, if you die outside of Christ, you go to a place of, of torment called um, Hades. But Hades is not the same as um, as, as the lake of fire, as Gehenna, as hell, which as w which we think of it, it's just basically it's a holding spot. It's like you know jail versus prison. You know if you're arrested by the police, you go to a jail cell. Then when you're sentenced, you go to a prison if that's if you know if that's your punishment. So they're not the same thing. All right, let's uh, move on. Uh, what is the sixth thing that hell is not? Um, or the sixth myth is that there is no in between. There is no place between heaven and hell that you hang out with while while you know, deciding to go to one or the other this is basically refuting the catholic idea of purgatory so what is purgatory purgatory was invented by the catholic hierarchy as again this in-between place if you if you uh, die and you're you're a catholic but you're not a good person basically you haven't done enough good you haven't done enough works to earn your way into heaven which again is one of the many reasons why uh, catholic doctrine is anti-biblical you don't earn your way into heaven if you can earn your way into heaven then what did jesus need to die for no you don't earn your way and you get to heaven because you're saved because you accepted uh, the death resurrection and um, ascension of jesus as a provision for your sin that's how you go to heaven not because of anything you can do our good works are as filthy rags our that's uh, the verse says our righteousness is as filthy rags before God, meaning this: the best we can do is filthy rags. And what is that? The, the more graphic definition of filthy rags is actually means use menstrual cloths, which, you know, again, graphic, but that's 
and that's in the Bible. God is just making sure that you know that the best you can do is still going to be unworthy. So we don't earn our way in. But the doctrine is if you are a, a carnal Christian, as it were, if you, you know, are, were, were baptized into the Catholic Church, but you have not lived a good life, then you go to this place called purgatory where you where you pay for your sins there. You get you, you suffer for your sins in purgatory. And then once you've suffered enough and you've been cleansed of your sins through torment, then you're allowed into heaven. And of course, Catholicism being the racket that it is, you can buy your way out of purgatory. Actually, you're, um, yeah, you or your relatives could buy your way out. So this is why you see like a lot of these mob movies, you know, these, these gangsters, these mostly Italian gangsters in the movies, they, are, they do these horrible things. They are, they're killers, they're uh, pimps, they are, you know, have gambling establishments, they sell drugs, but they all claim to be Catholic. They all go to, uh, you know, to mass every Sunday. These horrible men go to mass. Why do they do it? Because they give their money to the church and they have a deal with the church with purgatory is that if you, if you give enough money to the church, once you die, the, the, the priest and whatever start praying for you and they can pray you out of, of, of purgatory. So it's kind of a nice racket if you believe it, if you're a guy, if you're a gang member or a, I'm a gangster or just a horrible person and you say, you know what, I'll believe in this whole God thing and I'll make a ton of money through prostitution and child trafficking and sorry about that beep and child trafficking and all these other horrible, horrible things. But, you know, I'll just give a few million dollars to the church. And once I die, yeah, I'll suffer for a little while. But, you know, this there a priest will pray me out and I get to go to heaven. Yeah, sounds great. You know, you get to lead a, ho a horrible life and do whatever you want to do. And just you give a few dollars to the church and you get prayed out. Yeah, except it's not true. And they're going to find that out, unfortunately. There's no such thing as purgatory. Purgatory was made up by the church as a racket in order to get money out of people who were doing evil and didn't want to live a, a good life. They they wanted to have their cake and eat it too. And, and they could basically just buy their way into heaven. What you cannot buy your way into heaven. That is so blasphemous, so anti-biblical, so against the nature of God that it, it amazes me that people believe it. I think that, well, they believe it because they want to, because it seems like an easy thing to do. You know, live your life however you want, give the church some money, and they'll pray you out of this purgatory. There is no such thing as purgatory in the Bible at all. There, When you die, you are going to one of two places. You're either going to the presence of God or outside of the presence of God. There is no in-between. There's no purgatory. Done. All right, what's next? Um, the next thing that hell is not... Hell is not annihilation. This is huge. This, there's a huge debate about this in Christian circles to this day. What is annihilation? Annihilation, well, just as the name implies, means when you, you, you go to hell, as a, if, you're, if you don't accept Christ, you go to hell, but you just burn up quickly. It's like, poof, you disintegrate. You're just burnt up immediately. You don't, yeah, I guess you suffer while you're burning, but it only takes like a few seconds. You're just, you're just burned up like, a, you know, put a piece of paper in the fire. That's you. You know, you're there for a few seconds, it's, it's torment, it's torturous, it hurts, then you're gone. You cease to exist. You no longer have a consciousness. You're just gone. You blink out of existence. Why do people believe this? Well, and I, I actually, I understand why um, this is a popular idea. Because the idea of burning forever, it just seems really cruel. I mean, think about it. And I think, and if we're honest with ourselves, it should bother you. The idea that a person can be on fire forever. I mean, being on fire for a minute would be horrible for a day, for a week, for a month would be unimaginable. 
but never ending for eternity, for years, for centuries, for millennia. It seems like cruel and unusual punishment. Yet we know the Bible speaks of it. So how do we get around it? Well, one way to get around it is to say, well, you know, it doesn't, it lasts forever, but that forever is as long as you exist. And if you are, if you burn up quickly, then, you know, your forever could be a few seconds. It's kind of a way of making God nicer than he actually is, or, or actually, or making God nicer than, than we, than he, I'm sorry, excuse me, let me rephrase. It's a way of making us nicer than God, Make, making us, uh, it's, this theory kind of just changes things around him because we think that what, burning forever is too much torture. We want to be nice. And so we say that, you know, God has to be, we have to be, God has to be at least nicer than we are. So we, he has to make hell um, less than what, what he claims it is in the Bible. And this idea is 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 um, per, uh, perpetrator or, or promulgated by a lot of the uh, more modern churches, a lot of the emergent churches who are all about the love of God without talking about God's justice. God is just, you know, this old senile grandfather in a rocking chair on a cloud who's just smiling with a senile smile on everything you do. He just loves you and he doesn't he doesn't judge you. He doesn't think harshly about you. God's just the nicest, sweetest old man you could ever imagine. Well, the idea of eternal punishment does not fit the idea of the nice, old, senile, benevolent guy in the rocking chair. So the only way they can make that work is by, again, making hell less than what the Bible says it is. Problem with that is we know hell is not instantaneous. Why? Because we see in Revelation at the end of Armageddon, the false prophet and the Antichrist, the beast, are thrown into the lake of fire. Then a thousand years later, when Satan is thrown into the lake of fire, it says he's thrown into the lake that burns with fire and brimstone where the beast and the false prophet are, not where they were, where they are. So a thousand years later, those two guys, at least those two guys, are still in hell. They're still in the lake of fire. And the Bible says over and over and over and over again that it's everlasting, that it's eternal. Eternal is not instant. Eternal is the opposite of instant. They're antithetical. Both cannot be true. Hell cannot be instant annihilation and everlasting eternal punishment. Both can't be true. And the Bible never says or implies that hell is, is annihilation and that it's, it's over instantly. So sounds nice and it's more comfortable for us to believe that, but it's simply not true. And, and we're going to get into what hell really is uh, um, um, in the next episode with some in, in some surprising ways that I think will actually help those who are rightly bothered by this idea of burning forever. But I'm getting ahead of myself. We'll talk about that next time. Okay. So what, what what's next? Um, yeah, let's move on to what hell is. Let's let's wrap up this um, episode by talking about some of the things that hell is. Now we've talked about what hell is not. Hell is just you know, uh, hell is eternal. Um, basically, kind of piggybacking on the last thing that hell is not. It's not annihilation. Hell is absolutely eternal. And I think I just explained that. The Bible is very clear. It lasts for eternity. It is not going to be something that goes away. You aren't in hell for a moment. going go poof. Like, you know, again, like a, a piece of paper in a flame. Why? Well, because it's not possible for you to cease to exist. Because the real you is not the flesh bodies that we're in. The real you is not, you know, your arms and your legs and your head and in this physical form. Remember, at the when when we are at the time of the great white throne judgment, the physical world as we know it has ceased to exist. 
Heaven and earth are gone. Our flesh is gone. There's nothing left but the spiritual. We are in our spiritual, well, they, not we, they are in their spiritual forms at, at this point. There is no flesh to burn up and your spirit is eternal. Why? Because eternity, if it's a measure of time, time, physical time, only its effect, effects and is affected by mass acceleration and gravity. We know that from the laws of relativity. If you do not have mass, you do not. You are not affected by time. Your consciousness is not affected by time. Your consciousness is eternal. It doesn't break down. It doesn't go away. You are eternal whether you like it or not. And that just makes it very, very important that we make the right decision as, as to where we spend our eternity. But make no mistake about it. You are eternal. You will either spend eternity in the presence of God or outside of the presence of God, which is hell. There's no in between. There's no annihilation. Hell, hell is eternal. What else is hell? Hell is separation from God. That's really what it is when you get down to it. Yes, there's fire and brimstone. We're going to talk about that in a moment. But the truth is, the bottom line is that hell is eternal separation from the presence of God. God, you will be completely outside of his presence. There is no God, God is not in hell. God is not a part of hell. And we are not capable of understanding what that truly means. We're going to try to in the next episode, but it's beyond our conception because even in this world, as fallen as it is, oh, sorry, it's another beeping for some reason. Sorry about that. Um, even with, even as bad as this world is, there's still a presence of God here. There's still beauty in this world. There's still some righteousness in this world. Not much, but it's there. We we cannot fathom what it's like to be completely outside of the presence of the light of God, which brings us to the next thing that hell is. Hell is dark. There, I mean, we you know we see the these depictions of of hell with you know with the fire and the brimstone. You know, fire has light to it, and so we kind of think you know hell will, will be dim, but there'll still be the light of fire. Or no. Whatever the burning of hell is, it's going to be burning that exists without light. Hell is completely dark. Why? Because God is light and there is no darkness in him at all. All light comes from God. And with God completely out of hell, hell being completely separated from God, then there is absolutely no light in hell. It's going to be dark. And I think we people who are on earth during the last part of the tribulation are going to get a taste of that when the... um. When there's the bowl, I think it's the, uh, the the fifth bowl, when there's just darkness and it's a darkness that's is, is the complete removal of God. And it's so it's so um, tough. It's, it's so it torments people so much not having the light of God there that they, they gnaw their pain, their tongues for pain. And again, we talked, you can go back to the the series on the bowls of wrath to get more information about that. But yes, but hell is going to be dark. You won't be able to you won't be looking at your, you know, your, your fellow um, hell inhabitants because you won't be able to see them. It's just going to be darkness. Nothing but darkness. Okay, what else is hell? Hell is torment. It is not. It's never ending torment. You will. There will not be relief. You. There won't be a. You know. There won't be a timeout. There won't be a moment where you can just kind of catch your breath. No. It's eternal torment. What is the nature of that torment? Again, I want to talk about that more in the next episode. But just know that it is eternal torment. And what else is hell? Hell is, well, this is kind of obvious. Hell is hot. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's every time hell is described in the Bible is described as hot lake of fire. Gehenna, Gehenna was basically, uh, Gehenna was the name of the trash heap outside of Jerusalem during the time of Jesus and before. 
a little bit before the time of Jesus, where basically, you know, they people in Jerusalem was a big city. They had to, people had to dump their garbage. And of course, you don't want to dump it in the street. That's, you know, unsanitary. So people would dump it outside the city and set it on fire. And because they were doing that constantly, uh, it was a never ending fire. It was always burning and because people were always you know, taking out their garbage. Jerusalem was a big city. And so that became an idiom for an easy to understand idiom for eternal punishment for the lake of fire. Because again, Gehenna was always burning. It never went out. People were always dumping fuel into it. So exactly how hot is hell? Well, we don't know for sure because I've never been there and don't plan to go there. But it's described as a lake that burns with fire and brimstone. That's the lake of the, yes, it's a lake that burns with fire and brimstone. It says that explicitly in the Bible. What is brimstone? Brimstone is uh, the ancient name for the element sulfur. Sulfur and brimstone they're the same thing. So that's something we can actually measure if that is is literal. And it's you know we believe that it is literal. Then we can look at you know what what is the temperature of sulfur when it burns, and it's about about 450 degrees, give or take. So that's how hot it is, 450 degrees, which is you know pretty hot. You wouldn't want to you know it's hot enough to cook meat uh, you know in your in your oven. So that's also so that's how hot. If if that's literal, then that's about how hot hell is, and that's hot enough to be you know pretty pretty uncomfortable, to say the least. I'm being facetious there. But so hell, that's how hot hell might be, again, if we want to take that brimstone burning um, literally, which, like, why wouldn't we? So I'm going to now tell you the last thing that hell is, which is going to lead directly to the um, next and final episode in this series on eternal punishment, eternal separation from God, judgment, you know, the final judgment. And that is this. Hell is not as hot as you think. What do I mean by that? Well, yes, yeah, it's going to be hot, you know, at, at least at 400 degrees. But there is a place that is even hotter than hell. That's right. Hell will not be the hottest place in eternity. And I think if you do the math, you can kind of maybe figure out what the place that will be hotter than hell is. But if you can understand that there is a place in eternity that is hotter than hell, this will change your entire perspective of hell, of hell, of heaven, of eternity and of being in the presence of God. This is an important thing. If you understand this, I, I think it, 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 it's, I think it could be a paradigm shift, not only in understanding hell and heaven, but also understanding what the torment of hell actually is and maybe coming to a resolution about the idea, the fairness, the justness of the eternal fire and people burning up forever for eternity and, and how this idea of being in this heat, in this 450 degree heat for eternity, actually is just and is not anywhere near as cruel as maybe we think it is. But I'm going to leave that for now. We're at the half hour mark. So I'm going to wrap this up by saying thank you for listening and watching. I appreciate it. Please uh, subscribe to this channel wherever you're seeing it. Uh, or, for, or better yet, please describe, be, good grief, please subscribe to faithbyreason.net by going to faithbyreason.net and putting your email into the right navigation area. And you will um, have access to everything that's on the website, including these videos as they become available. And we will talk to you next time when we look at what the torment of hell actually is and the place that I believe is actually hotter than hell and it's a place that 
is the opposite of hell. It's actually the place you want to be. And I will leave you with that. I will talk to you next time.